Hi, I'm Ant Williams, business psychologist and Guinness World Record holding freediver. For the past two decades, I've been obsessed with a single question. How do the best leaders attract great people and build a culture that delivers results? This podcast is a record of the insights from my work with hundreds of leaders and conversations with experts in pursuit of the answer to this question. For the lifelong learner who wants to give their own leadership a boost, we reveal the universal principles that can be applied by any leader to drive consistently higher performance in their team. Welcome to the Leadership Deep Dive. So I have a confession to make. While I think we're really good at doing all the quick catch-ups, you and I, those easy check-ins, almost like on a daily basis around how we're going, I haven't scheduled your annual performance review yet. <laughs> Interesting. It's been 12 months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yet I'm just putting it out there. I've knowingly avoided putting in our calendar a 12-month performance review. Now, why is that? I reckon the reason I haven't done that is because I think we work so closely together where our skills are different in different areas and everything's informal and we connect really well at that level where it's just informal and we've both got a lot of energy and motivation. And then if I were to go and put something in your calendar and say, right, 12 month performance review, Terry, sit you down and tell you all the things where you're meeting or not meeting in my expectation. It would somehow feel like contrived or made up or this false sense of formality about it. And I'm going to be really honest. I've deliberately avoided doing it for those reasons. <laughs> now, the uh, reason I'm sharing with that with you and with everyone else listening is because I'm, I'm curious. You've been working with me for 12 months. So do you listen to that and go, oh, but Ant, I wish you had, you should, you ought to. Or do you go, well, thank you, because I don't want to have that conversation either. What's your <laughs> view? Seriously, I'm curious. So if you use the word performance review and it comes through as a calendar invite, then that might come with baggage. Oh my God, what's this about? But if we're, we're having these conversations all the time anyway, it feels like you're right. Like we're, it's almost like every week. Yeah, so we need to have a big one because we're, you should know all the stuff already. I think when we have these regular catch-ups we're talking about how we're going how things are going and it's incidental as a part of that short term but mm. when i think of a performance review it's more let's zoom right out and let's talk about what we discussed when i started where we wanted to get to i actually want to have that conversation i want to know like how are things going how am i going where's my areas of opportunity what am i doing really well and i do think we have had a conversation which i would have called it a performance review anyway we just didn't put it in the calendar yeah. And then uh, I should have probably put some formality around it anyway, in terms of this is what we agreed. These are the core areas of the role. Here's where I feel you sit on each of those areas and you do the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's merit in all these things. Isn't yeah. There? there are a couple of things that I like, there's questions I'd want to ask you about yeah. areas that I've, I've got a sense that I can improve in, but somehow, you know, I go, well, I think you'd have a good insight into how to actually do that. All right. It just. Fair enough. Let's just put it in the calendar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because there is, like, what I'm hearing is there's real value in it. And, and even though there might be some awkwardness around the formality of it, even if you've got the most healthy interpersonal relationship, there's still real value in this. I think just the way it's framed, I wouldn't see it that way anyway. 
Mm. Yeah, like it's it's different if it's coming from a third party and then they're going to come in and they're going to give me. I've had a, a performance review with someone who was a manager of my manager. Who then oh yeah, started, <laughs> who's, who's never seen you perform. <laughs> who who, who asked, started asking me questions about somebody else's job oh, and no. then started giving me pointed feedback about that job. And I was like, <laughs> this is embarrassing for you. Um, <laughs> so it's not that. So it's not that. Um, well, look, so in, in, in terms of the relevance of, you know, those performance conversations, I think that formalized let's sit down let's talk about it let's look at where you're at today what's your view what's my view where's the gap there is a time and place like there are for all different types of conversations about performance it just happens that in our culture we're really good at the short fast ones it's like yesterday saying i remember you came in and i'd been looking through all of our stats and going wow terry hasn't taken a holiday since he arrived (laughs) (laughs) or neither have i that's not good yeah i remember saying to you are you traveling okay because we're working really hard at the moment we've had a massive six months yeah i want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and spending time with your family and your young kids so make sure that you put this in the calendar and it's there for you to be using yeah no pressure to use it but look after yourself and yeah because you'll come back refreshed and you'll do even better work yeah actually i think it's ingrained in my DNA. You've been a farmer it. when you were growing up. Yeah. So I reckon farmers are among some of the hardest working, you know, people on the planet and yeah. they don't take a lot of time off. Even my wife gets annoyed, gets very annoyed because she's yeah. like, I, I want to push and recover and I want to plan these trips and things like that. And for me, I'm just like, let's just grind it out. <laughs> yeah, just grind it out. <laughs> to answer the question, I'm sure it has to have an impact over time. Yeah, it does. Um, and Sorry like we said, it. we've been doing so much different work now that the learning costs, we're starting again all the time. We learn this new software, learn this new process, all of that. It's super stimulating, but it also is exhausting. Yeah. So I think what we talked about last time was around building a performance culture. And this is a really big part of it is around knowing what sort of conversations to have with our team members and when to have them and which ones are the most important to have. And I think what we can really focus on in this episode is just chunking it down a little bit and saying... What are the different types of performance conversations? Let's keep it to two or three. And then who do we need to have them with and when? Yep. So the ones that we're talking about right now are the check-in. Like Mm. that easy, quick, hey, Terry, you haven't had a holiday. How are you going? What's happening with such and such? Or how are you getting on in terms of your learning? Are you still feeling like you're learning heaps? Yeah. Again, I want to really be clear here. It's not talking about how are you going on that task? How are you going on that project? This is about you. Like my whole intent in asking it is, how are you going at the moment? Or I've noticed this, or I've seen this, or I've heard that. How are you going? Mm, mm. And I think this can be done with a lot of regularity. In fact, I think you and I do these quite well regularly, but I don't know if most leaders do these, but I would have thought of all the conversations, some of the most important is that frequent, regular chance to just touch base. Yeah. And it's actually quite easy for us to do these regularly because you sit right next to me. So I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone who's got a, a bigger team. Yeah. How do we do this? in a way that's still organic and natural, but I need to be deliberate about it. I think it's much harder. I've talked to people who manage teams of sometimes up to 12 people Mm. and they say it's a constant concern and it also takes up a lot of their time. Yep. So it's something that most of them who have teams of 10 to 12 people, they typically find that they schedule it, they put in the calendar and that's great. But it, it's so much harder to make it feel natural and natural. formal once it's in the calendar and it's a locked in time. Yeah. So I think, I right. don't know, it's going to come down to your own personal preference and style. If you can just do off the cuff catch ups with people, like even a quick phone call to say, Hey, I know you were presenting to this client today, or you're out on the road doing such and such. I just give you a call and just 
just check and see how you're going. Yeah. And, and we love that. Yeah. As team members, when a leader goes out of their way because they recognize that we're working hard or we're doing something that's a bit challenging for us, to get that quick check-in moment is awesome. You yeah. really feel like they care. It, it that definitely is. It, and it's, it might only be a one-minute conversation, but it does make a huge difference. Yeah. And as you're saying, like maybe the way to do it, because I can, I could definitely imagine that schedule and that is a very organized way to do it. But as you say, it, it might not feel as natural that way. That, and you might feel like you're forcing that conversation when there's nothing to talk about. Maybe an easy way to do it or a more effective way to do it is actually more just to keep a database where it's just, you tick it off and you make it a little note and put a date next to it. So you can see, cause I haven't checked in with Ant for a good two and a half weeks now. I'm going to find an opportunity this week to check in with Ant. Definitely. And then when it comes up, you, you primed yourself to think of it. And because of that, maybe it's more natural and organic, a conversation because yeah. it, it suits right now. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think the other thing about these types of quick check-in conversations is that they can still have a performance edge to them. We call it coaching on the run. So not just always doing that uh, catch up of how you're going, just want to make sure things are okay, but actually finding those opportunities to go, I noticed this, or I wanted to check in with you about that specifically and have one key question to ask or thing to share with that person that gets them thinking that, that really instills on them where I am today versus where I went and get to yep. coaching on the run. You could do this. And like you're saying, these short conversations, that might only be three to five minutes, but you can actually in those moments have uh, a chance to really connect with people to help them grow and develop. I think about a guy that I had a small team that I was managing in, in one of the sports organizations I used to work for. And I remembered early on, we'd set up an environment where we looked at what we were trying to achieve for the year. And I'd made a couple of specific points around, look, here's some growth areas of opportunity, I think. And I started to see that there was some real progress in this area and actually really very positive results in terms of the way uh, this person had developed themselves in this area. And it was just, for me, those conversations, those check-ins, it was a little bit around, hey, I've noticed that's really got coming along. Tell me what you've learned. Tell me what you're learning. And then giving that kind of positive feedback yeah, at the same it'd time. it'd be really validating to be part of those conversations. Yeah, just basic stuff, but it just shows that person that you're paying attention and that you are noticing the work that, and the effort that's being put in. Yeah, good. So these are the short, quick catch-up conversations. They don't have to be long in duration. They can be over the shoulder. They can be at your desk, around the water cooler, over the phone, quick catch-ups or coaching on the run sessions. But then you've got this other group of conversations, which are usually a bit more thought out or planned and, and are very focused on the team member in terms of their growth and development. We call them development conversations. Mm. And these have to happen quite regularly as well. And they can still be quite informal, but it's all focused around where's this person out today? What, what motivates them? What engages them? Where do they want to get to? That's also hopefully in line with where the team needs them to get to. Mm, really, I think these are the easiest ones to miss. Yeah. Because you probably do want to take a bit more time with these ones. They may be more of a half hour to an hour type conversation. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So this is probably one where you do want to be looking in your calendar and you do want to be saying- Hook it in. Let's get this one in. Next month, I need to have this conversation with Ant and I need to have it on that day. I think it. how you frame these conversations is really important as well. Just around, this is about you. It's about your development. Yes, I'll share with you my view around how things are tracking at the moment, but it's really just around thinking about where you're at today and how do we get you faster to the next step and where that growth come from, what skills you're looking to pick up, what exposure you want mm. or what things you want to be a part of. So that it should be a really engaging, motivating conversation to, to have or even to plan for. 
Yeah. And also where you've come from. So here's where you were and, and yeah. here's where you are. Like, look at the progress. Look at that. Yeah. I like um, that. That's a very motivating because people don't connect those dots a lot themselves. We're just looking at where we are right now and we can't track over time very well. So when we connect those dots for people and yeah, see the big picture. Yeah. So as a general rule, I think that more structured, uh, development conversation, you should be looking to have those with each person around about once each month. If it's a small team, if it's a big team, then yeah, probably once every couple of months. Every couple Does of that, months. that probably feel about right to me. Yeah. Cause it's hard to. It's hard to talk about progress if we spoke about it last week. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> what kind of questions would you bring to a, a conversation like this? So a development conversation, I would ask the person in, in advance to really give it some thought as well around how they feel they're going in their role and, and what parts they uh, love the most about their role and whether they want other exposure. So I'd get them to do some thinking around that. Then when you're in the conversation, I'd probably spend the first 10% of that conversation sharing a view around what I see, giving them some more feedback, maybe some richer feedback if I haven't given it to them before around how they're going in their role and what excites me about having them in the team and where I feel their potential is. So that kind of really setting the stage to then go, so what do you think? Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, yeah, I believe I'm capable of that and mm. I want to be stretched over here or oh, hadn't thought of that. And so that you're having this conversation, which is exciting for that person, where you demonstrate as the leader that you're really sure and confident that they've got so much ability that's left untapped that you can still tap into. Yep. Yeah. So when specific questions, I'd probably ask them, where do you see yourself going in the next 12 months to two years? What does success look like for you? What do you love about the role? Where can we give you more variety? Do you want more variety? Those types of questions. Do yeah. You get what motivates you? What engages you? And what's next? And maybe what are we missing? Yeah, what are we um, missing? I, I hear a lot from people. We talked earlier in, in the other episode about people don't leave jobs, they leave their managers. Yeah. I think a lot of the time it's about knowing that you can contribute in an area, but it's being ignored. Yeah. Or, or having that sense that I could actually make a real difference here. Actually, that brings us to the last question I would want to ask as part of those conversations, which is where are your challenges at the moment? Yep. And getting them away from answers that are specific to a particular project and go more generally, more broadly, what are you challenged by? Yeah. No, I think that's right. People want to have those conversations and your job is to help them overcome them and, and remove those blockers and obstacles. So it's a good forum for that. But how do you know when you've had a very good development conversation? Yeah, I reckon it's really simple because you come away, both people are engaged and positive and you can see it, that there's a bit of a plan attached to it around the direction this person wants to go plan that they own around how to get there yep. with your support. Yep. And one that they're really quite keen to commit to. Yeah. And you walk away as the leader going, that was awesome. That was energizing that conversation. Yeah. And I feel this person is really engaged. If you come away from that conversation, not feeling those things, I think intuitively you'll know that something's not quite right. Yeah. So it points back to that grow model that we've spoken about in previous episodes. So if you haven't listened to that, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to the episode where we talked about the different types of coaching conversations. The grow model in particular can be very handy for the end of one of these conversations where you wrap it up with that plan. Definitely. Getting and, some really clear next steps. Yeah. Yeah. So when people walk away, they've got that clarity and conviction we, we spoke about. Now, the other type of conversation we touched on it earlier is that formal performance review. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that in this particular episode because they look different in every organization. It really depends on what processes you have in place, whether or not you have to do rankings that impact uh, on, on what people's uh, remuneration is going to be. 
So I think that look, they're, they're quite important. They usually happen quarterly or biannually. And if you have to have those types of conversations, I think the key thing is to do lots of the small conversations on the lead up to them. Make sure that people are not getting surprised when they come along to it. Be really well prepared. Ask people to also come prepared. I ask people to go and get feedback from different people that they work with, other teams, cross-functional, maybe from clients to, to, to make a really rich picture. So it's not just my view, it's theirs yeah. and some other inputs and then have the conversation with them. The other thing about performance conversations, and I guess it's just my personal philosophy, but I like to just get all of that ranking stuff done. What's your view? What's my view? Here's where we're agreed. Done in the first 10, 15 minutes of that conversation. In the last 45 minutes, it's development, development conversation is yeah. great. Now we've agreed that. What about next year? What are we going to do? Yeah, and really good. want it to be developed. Yeah. So it's much Rather than engaging. just walking in, getting whacked between the eyes. For an hour, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why people have a lot of baggage with those conversations. I, I think so too. Yeah. So anyway, let's not go too far into performance review because as I say, each organization does it a bit differently. But I think what we promised to talk about in this episode was the fact that you can't treat everyone as a one size fits all. No. Everyone is coming at a different level of skill, different level of energy and uh, engagement and motivation. So it's so critical that we think about what's the makeup within our team in terms of performance and then structure our conversations to meet each person with where they're at. So when you and I spoke earlier, we looked at some research that talked about three different levels of performance. We talked about a star performer. So someone who's really punching the lights out, high performance, really good potential to stretch even further Then those in the middle who are our steady and stable performers. And then those who are not meeting our expectations or an underperformer. And just quickly, just remind me, what does the stats show in terms of what a normal team looks like? Do, do most of us have 50% high performers, a couple underperformers, and the rest in the middle? Or what's the sort of balances? Yeah, so INSEAD Business School did some really good research on this. And the stats are that generally 10% of your people will be star performers at any one given moment in time. 52% will be steady performers or meeting those expectations, but not necessarily reaching their potential which means that 38% of our people will be not meeting expectations. Yeah, that's a lot, really, when I think about it's it. It's more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, because you think, oh, look, you're going to have one or two, but it's that's one in three. It is, it's one <laughs> in three, it's a lot. Yeah. So I guess part of that would come down to how established your team is and how long the people have been around in that team. But it also sends a really clear signal that if we want to move people towards that performance-based culture, where we're hoping that people are going to be up in that star performer area, then at any one point in time, we can probably only expect that 10% or so are going to make it to that level and who are really motivated and driven to be a star performer. Yeah. And that the majority, this is telling us, the majority of people are going to sit in the middle somewhere where they're mm. steady, they stay, they come in, they do a good job. They're not necessarily trying to punch the lights out and jump up into the next sort of category of star performers. They're really happy where they are. Some, some will want to, but not everyone. Mm -hmm. And then we've also got, yeah, as you say, almost one in three, at least one in three that we've got to do some work with because they're not meeting our expectations. And therefore we're, we're getting a performance loss in those areas. So how do we match our message in these performance conversations to that level of performance? I think the first thing we've got to do is actually say, what's our spread in our own team? So if you're listening, what I'd encourage you to do is to grab a sheet of paper and draw three circles on it. One circle represents underperformers in your team. 
The middle one can represent steady and stable performers. And then the other circle that can represent your high performers. And have a shredder nearby. Have a shredder nearby. Because <laughs> this is just for getting you to think about the spread. Because what you can do is think about all the team members and then write their initials in each of, you know, which back, which circle do they fit into. And then you can see is your spread similar to the one from that NCAD found in the business school. The other thing it enables you to do is then look at that spread of people on your team and ask yourself this question. Am I having the right conversation with the right people? And that's really pivotal because if I'm having career conversations and what's next conversations with people who are not meeting my expectations, is that what I should be focusing on? Mm. And sometimes we think, oh, I should be having career conversations and next step conversations with all of my people. But actually, it's not that simple. Mm. So if there are people who are in your circle around that, that underperformance and not meeting your expectation, then your strategy should be, I need to have conversations with them around my expectation and where they're failing to meet that expectation. And the conversation should be around how we close the gap and, and making sure that there's agreement with them, that there is a gap there because they might not see it. Mm. So I have to address the issue. Yep. Now in that middle category of people who are steady, stable performers, I need to be having conversations with them around keeping them engaged, keeping them motivated, because here's the risk. If people are coming to work every day and they're used to doing a good job, they know their job well, and maybe I've got nothing technical left to teach them about their role. What am I going to talk to them about? And that can be too tough as a leader going, mm. well, okay, we're having a catch up, but you're going great. So just carry on going great. In fact, do we need to catch up so often? Yeah. The, the risk is if I don't keep catching up often that you feel neglected, you feel not cared for and left out when you know that you're a really stable performer. And there's a group or a category within that category, if you that don't know that they're capable of more. And it's a very handy conversation to be able to affirm that and say, yeah, she's doing really well, but I do think that you're capable of this. Now, that's not everyone. Not but everyone. Some, like I, I agree with you. It's like this kind of, there'll be some within there, steady and stable group that want to go up to the next thing. A buddy of mine that I used to, that I grew up with um, surfing down the coast all the time together. He, <laughs> he trained up as an accountant and he went and got a job straight out of uni at IBM. I remember talking to him. His name was Brad. Um, <laughs> I remember talking to Brad. After he'd been working as an accountant for years at IBM, I said, Brad, so what are you doing these days? Oh, I'm an accountant at IBM. Okay. And so you've been doing that a long time, mate. Are you like a leader of some big team in there or head of finance or something? He said, no, I'm an accountant. Yeah. I said, but Brad, didn't anyone ever ask you if you wanted to move up to more responsibility? He goes, oh, I hate it. Every year someone says to me, Brad, you're doing a great job. Do you want to become a leader? He goes, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, want to become a leader. Yeah. Why would I want that stress? Yeah. Why do I want that headache? And so for 15 years, yeah. he's been saying no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's great. What he does as an accountant, he just doesn't want that next step. Yeah. And, and I think that's okay. And no very good, force him to do it. Very good performance is built on the back of people like Brad. 100% it's, it, it is. It's more just there are people that don't have the self-awareness that Brad has. Yeah. That are at that level. He has self-awareness because he knows yeah. he doesn't want to go anywhere else. He has self-awareness. He yeah. keep doing that same job. Yeah. But others are like, they've got more potential, but they don't know it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So then they, that last group, that star performer group, then I think that the strategy for the conversations you have to have with them needs to be around, how do I stretch this person? Yep. How do I give them new challenges? How do I keep them really engaged and even developing them for the next role? 
And, and that could even mean for my role. In mm. fact, this, I think this is some of the most exciting conversations you get to have as a leader. Because when you look at people who are in this category of your star performers, it might only be one, hopefully a couple. They are the people who might go on to be the successor for your own role. It's likely that the successor for your role will come out of that star performer group or maybe from the steady, stable performer group. Either way, the people who are up around that area in terms of their performance, I want to be giving them opportunities to take on more and more parts of my role by delegating them to things, even things that aren't within their remit. If you develop someone and then empower them and then even start giving them parts of your role like that, how do you reconcile that sort of gnawing feeling that you're doing yourself out of a job? I think if you look at it the other way, what happens if you don't have a successor ready to take over from you, to take over your role? You're always going to be stuck in that role, never able to free yourself up to move on to other things. In fact, the people who are above you in the hierarchy, looking at you in your role saying, what has this person done to get ready for their next role? Have they got a successor there to take over? So actually by not doing it, it locks you into your role, maybe even longer than you'd like. Yeah. So you're freeing up time to prepare yourself for the next thing. You are, but it also gets you to free up time right now so that you can focus on adding value in those areas where you can just be more productive and have deliver greater benefit. Yeah, makes sense. So I think in summary, the key takeouts from this are that you need to be having regular performance conversations with your team, with each team member individually, if you want to shape that performance culture within your team. But don't go with a one-size-fits-all mentality. Really try to think about where is each person in terms of their performance against your level of expectation, what's required in the role, and specifically where are their gaps and where do you need to bring them up or even challenging them further in their role. So it requires some preparation. But then when you go into those conversations, making sure that it's really about them, about their development, about their career projection, as long as it's always focused on delivering them and your team results that are going to help the organization, then that, those are always going to be great, healthy conversations to have. Yep. So that's really it. Just get out there and have more conversations with your people because normally it's the lack of frequency in which we're having conversations or looking at the current conversations we have and making sure they're not all about tasks and status updates, but making sure we're carving out time for more of these types of development and conversations around people's performance. Yep. That, that's how we build that performance culture, isn't it? hundred yeah. percent. It comes down to the conversations we have that inspire and drive performance every day.